Welcome to AACS Today, the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to AACS Today. We are happy to be sharing with you a new format that we are trying, and especially as we are dealing with some unique challenges in Christian schools. So AACS Today is uh, the podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. And we want to we want to tackle some things that you are dealing with. And especially in these unique times, um, we're going to be dealing with some, some big questions and trying to provide uh, some answers to help you work through some challenging times. So my name is Matt Tiscus, and I am a regional director with the American Association of Christian Schools in the Mid-South region. And uh, it's good to be here with you. And joining me on the podcast today is our executive uh, director, uh, Dr. Jeff Walton. Dr. Walton, how are you today? I'm doing well, Matt. And I want to thank you for uh, putting together an opportunity like this to connect with our schools. Well, it's certainly my pleasure. Uh, Let's dive into one of the big questions. We've had a few big questions coming into our office and uh, from our schools. And one of them has to do with this uh, idea of tuition. Should we still collect tuition during a coronavirus school closure? So uh, Dr. Walton, this is really the the top question that we've been hearing or one of the top questions. Uh, How would you answer that question? Should we be collecting tuition as schools during the coronavirus school closure? So the short answer, Matt, is yes. Uh, So that means we can end the podcast right now, right? (laughs) Yeah, good call. All right. And thanks for joining us today. (laughs) So the longer answer is yes, as long as you continue to educate your children, your students during the closure. Your school's agreement with parents is an agreement to educate the child for an academic year. The parent might also reasonably assert that the agreement includes supervising the child But you can and should assert that while circumstances beyond your control are preventing you from supervising, you are still educating. Your teachers are still teaching. They are preparing lessons, providing instruction, assessing progress, and determining whether credit will be granted for high school students and progress to the next grade is appropriate for elementary students. When parents contract with the school to provide education for a child for a year, they're contracting for that education piece. Uh, A similar circumstance right now would be with colleges. Uh, As colleges have had to move from on-campus to online instruction, uh, they are not refunding tuition. Tuition is what their students pay for college credit. The college is continuing to provide the education that qualifies that student for the credit. Uh, If the college uh, was collecting room and board from a student, then that might be refunded, but they're not refunding tuitions. Uh, Very few of our schools are boarding schools. If you're a boarding school and students are no longer on your campus, then a refund of room and board is appropriate. But for other schools, uh, continuing to collect tuition is is absolutely appropriate and the right thing so long as you continue to educate the child for which that tuition is paid. Yeah, and that, and that's a great comparison 
uh, to the college comparison because you're, you're exactly right. The college is still providing the education for the students, even though it's not on campus and it's very similar in our school. So I think that's a great comparison for our schools to keep in mind um, because there, there's no doubt some schools are wrestling with, well, do I need to offer uh, some type of discount or do I need to change my, my tuition structure? Or can I even continue charging tuition? So that's a, uh, that's a great point, Dr. Walton. Let's talk a little bit about opportunity. When there's challenging times that arise, uh, there's always opportunities to, to serve families in new and unique ways. So here's a question for you, Dr. Walton. Is there an opportunity for Christian schools because of these circumstances? Yes, there is. And it is the opportunity to prove value. Uh, tuition or partial tuition discount requests are reality. But you need to work hard and creatively to continue to educate children in these circumstances because that is the commitment you have made to families. You don't continue to educate merely to justify tuition. You continue to educate children because that's the commitment you've made to them. I had some communication yesterday with the head of a school in a metropolitan area who said, and now I'm quoting from him, we just finished our second day of online learning. It's been crazy, but so far our parents are thrilled. So believe it or not, this thing has been a great public relations tool for our school. The two school districts around us, and he named them, but I won't name them in his podcast, are just giving out food. We look like geniuses, even though we aren't. We are trying to save the school ministry and the jobs of people who work here. So I think his quote from yesterday is an illustration of the fact that if you demonstrate your commitment to educating children in these difficult circumstances, you will earn the tuition that you are asking parents to pay. And more than that, you will cement relationships and confidence for years to come. And that is so important because we really are building relationships year over year over year. And uh, this is just a, a blip in the road here. It, it's a big bump in the road. Um, but we want to continue to develop and build those relationships. And so there's a huge opportunity for value. So the, the next question then, Dr. Walton, would be how does a school provide a genuine education and prove value when the school building is closed? So, Matt, you mentioned that this is a, a bump in the road and a big bump in the road. I you can see throughout our society that this is an unprecedented set of circumstances and it's unprecedented for our schools. We've never had to deal with anything of this magnitude before, uh, but there are definitely ways in which schools can prove their value and continue to educate children. Last week, you and I collaborated on a webinar that was titled keeping the classroom open when the building is closed. Uh, there's a link to that webinar and a couple of other helpful webinars on the AACS website under the COVID-19 resources tab. I'm not going to repeat all of that webinar content here, but I do want to highlight some really important elements. So if you're going to provide a genuine education and prove value, these are some elements that must be a part of that. The first one, 
Uh, if you're already using a learning management system like Google Classroom or Canvas, then you already have the basic tools you need to transition to online learning. But if you're just getting started, we recommend that you use Google Classroom. Uh, Dr. David Warren has done two webinars for us about getting started with Google Classroom. The links to those webinars are under the COVID-19 resources tab. Yes, and we want to make sure you have that. It's aacs.org um, backslash COVID-19, uh, aacs.org backslash COVID slash or dash 19. And I will also include that in the show notes. But we do want to put one caution in here about recording of minors. You want to be sure that you, you look into that. And Dr. Warren actually addressed that in part two of the Google a crash course webinar that he did for us recently. You can find that on the COVID resources page, but make sure you're taking that into consideration. Um, we want to be really, really careful. We'd actually recommend against uh, recording minors um, when you're doing, when you, when you're set up in this format. So a, a second element, that's the first element is engaging with some kind of a learning management system. Second element, uh, Bob Jones University Press and Abeka Book have both made their streaming lessons available free to schools until the end of the year. Those are great resources that you should coordinate with either Google Classroom or Zoom or another resource like that. A third element is packets. Uh, almost every resource that I've examined has said distance learning for students second grade and below, possibly fourth grade and below, must be significantly about paper that is exchanged. Children at this age are concrete learners. Uh, they're developmentally not ready for learning effectively in a digital environment. So I think that uh, once a week packet exchange would be beneficial for students at all grades, actually all the way through high school, because it provides an opportunity for learning activities and assessments that don't work as well online. Uh, we've been asked for guidance about maintaining safety if you're exchanging packets and the Texas Education Agency, which would be the equivalent of a Department of Education in some other states, has issued guidelines for protecting from virus exposure when packets are exchanged. We've posted a link to that guidance in our COVID-19 resources folder. That guidance includes recommendations about how paper is handled and how it's exchanged. Um, I wanna recommend something that's not in the TEA guidance, and that is couriers from your school staff that deliver to the homes of your school families. If you're looking for how you set yourself apart, uh, convey value, convey care for the families that are part of your school, uh, I think that providing a, a courier service, your staff delivering packets to homes, uh, says pretty loudly, we are willing to go the extra mile. And so I'd encourage you to think about a courier service for packets. A fourth element is office hours. Uh, if you're going to connect with students, if you're going to uh, provide an online education, then it's really important that you have established office hours. Preferably those are online office hours using a resource like Google Hangouts or Zoom. Those would be scheduled times when teachers are available for questions 
and tutoring, either by appointment or on a drop-in basis. A fifth element is daily activity logs that are maintained by students. Uh, these could be graded with a simple rubric that assigns points based on time on task for required activities each day. One of the biggest issues with online education, uh, whether that's adult education, and I think even more noticeably with uh, school-age kids, one of the biggest issues is procrastination. It's a really significant problem. A good learning management system will give you some tools for requiring daily participation, but an activity log is also a valuable tool. And there's a template for an activity log in our resources folder. And then the last key element that I would mention here is lesson plans for every lesson. If you do this well, it's a lot of work. But this kind of lesson planning says very clearly we are providing the plan for education for your kids. Uh, I'm talking about the kind of lesson plan that you would have to pre prepare when you are being observed by a supervisor. A lesson plan that includes a learning objective, a link to recorded instruction or guided practice, a student learning activity, and an assessment. Uh, in an online environment or a packet exchange system, you're going to have to substitute authentic assessments like reflections, practice, writing assignments, and projects for traditional tests and quizzes. You can't do tests and quizzes, and in that workshop, we suggest some ways of doing that or using your LMS for doing that. Uh, but I think in a general sense, you're going to want to substitute authentic assessments for tests and quizzes uh, in this online learning environment. There's a, a template. Sorry, Matt, there's a template for that uh, lesson plan in the resource folder also. Yeah, and the, the key takeaway from this, and those six points were just absolutely golden uh, for schools, and so I hope they're, they're taking notes and referencing these things because they're just golden. But the key in all of that that you're talking about is we have to prove our value and we have to do some of these things well. And teachers are going to need to understand that they're going to have to work just as hard, if not harder than they've ever worked to plan and prepare and to tutor. But that's exactly what's needed to genuinely educate and to prove value in these circumstances. So those points were just key on proving value. So uh, thanks for sharing those. And, uh, and let's, let's, well, do you have any other comments on those or should we, should we move on to the next question? Uh, let's move on. Okay. Sounds good. So, uh, an issue that has come up and that I have discussed with schools and I'm sure you're hearing is what do we do about parents who can't pay tuition? Perhaps, uh, they have been laid off or now they are out of work because, uh, many, many, uh, businesses and institutions around the country are closed. So how do we handle parents who can't pay tuition, Dr. Walton? So if there were a thesis statement for this uh, podcast, it would be that parents should continue to pay tuition and you should be educating kids and proving value. Uh, but uh, there is the reality that some parents are going to find it uh, much more difficult in these circumstances to keep up with tuition payments. I wish there were an easy answer for that. I don't think there is an answer that fits every circumstance. 
There will be parents who are temporarily out of work and in financial need. And as much as possible, I would extend the grace that you would hope for in these circumstances. I think it's best to meet with your board and get in front of this with policy. Uh, that policy might include extensions on tuition payment deadlines for those who will set up a payment plan. It might include scholarships for those who are in more extreme circumstances. Uh, in some circumstances, you may be able to find a donor or donors who can finance some of those scholarships, uh, or you might have to finance them from a line in your budget. Uh, but a little bit of grace goes a long way with a hurting person. And there are a lot of people who are hurting in these circumstances. If you can find a way to extend grace where needed on tuition payments, you'll preserve relationships with families that will last for many years of better times. There is a sense where we are asking for grace from our families when we expect them to continue paying the same tuition for a distance learning experience and we need to respond to their needs with a gracious spirit and financial grace where it is possible. And that is such good advice, Dr. Walton. And really, we, we see this happening uh, all across the spectrum in our country from in various uh, businesses. Uh, we see mortgage companies uh, not waiving the mortgage payments, but working with families on developing a plan. And we see credit card companies and we see businesses offering free services. So there, there are businesses all across the, the spectrum in our nation that are doing things like this. And as Christian schools, uh, we need to participate in that and be doing our part to extend that grace to people who are genuinely hurting, as you mentioned. So uh, great, great advice on that. And this is going to be and continue to be an issue the longer this goes. So we need to be thinking about it. We need to be developing a plan. Dr. Walton, you mentioned get with your board, get out in front of it with a policy, and that is uh, some really, really good wisdom around that. Well, uh, we're we're winding down this first episode, but uh, what are some final thoughts that you might want to share, Dr. Walton, with our schools uh, as we think in terms uh, of the context of this tuition discussion? You are going to have to work as hard as you have ever worked to prove value in these circumstances. Parents have an obligation to continue making tuition payments. You have an obligation to continue educating their children. If you do that well, I don't think you'll hear a lot of complaining about tuition payments. Know that in this process, every day you have friends in the AACS office that are praying for you and your students and your success. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to echo that statement. So Dr. Walton, thanks for sharing with us today. Uh, know that, it's, that, that as you're listening, uh, if you have uh, follow-up questions or comments, uh, feel free to just reach out to us via our website. And uh, we want to be a resource and we want to help you. We have uh, a COVID resources tab on our website, and we're adding to that on a regular basis. Uh, we have made some free resources available on there, some, some training that we have uh, done in the past that is now uh, available for free to you on that page dealing with Google Classroom. So there's a number of things that we're doing. Just know that we are here for you and that this new format that we're going to be trying out is uh, something that we're excited about. And so we're going to come to you 
with uh, some questions and some discussion around topics and issues that you're dealing with in this unprecedented time and situation. So uh, we hope that this has been helpful for you and uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to our podcast and uh, leave a review if you're able to do so. But we appreciate you. We're here for you. We wish you all the best. And if we can serve you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Thanks for joining us on episode one of AACS Today.